Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Drivel. Just so you know, during this episode, we were trying to record at the same time as knitting, making cookies, and eating dinner. So you may experience a little bit of background noise, but that's just our normal life. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Okay with all the quarantine and coronavirus news. We're sad about the lack of basketball in our lives, but we're okay because we have Yahtzee tournaments and playing basketball outside and watching NBA players play NBA 2K20, which is hilarious and you should definitely watch it. It's on NBA.com, by the way. <laughs> Since we got some great feedback and questions about our past episodes, we thought that we would devote some time to your questions in this one. We also have a short trivia challenge where I'll try to stump my parents with some basketball questions. Stick around, you might learn something. Also, Papa, say hi, because you're going to be on this episode. Hello. Okay, let's start. We've got the first question, Calder. Ted in Connecticut wrote, I read the jump balls used to be at a, after every basket. Is that true, Mom? Oh. Well, you did the research on this one. Okay, so I'll say it then. <laughs> yeah, it's true. From 1891, which is when basketball was invented, to 1938, that was the rule. They changed it because they wanted the game to be faster and not stop so often. It also seems like if a team is down, it would be harder to have a comeback if you had to keep doing jump balls and one team could control the ball and score consecutive baskets. Yeah, do you think initially that rule had anything to do with the fact that they had to stop play anyway because they had to actually fish the ball out of the peach basket? Not sure. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. What other questions did we get? Um... Mac and Paul wants to know. We actually you ask that one. Well, he wanted to know what you thought of the one and done rule, which um, just so we're all on the same page, that rule is about how players have to spend at least one year in college. Um, they can't go straight from high school. So in the past, high school players would have just jumped directly to the NBA, but now they have to play in college for that required year before leaving and entering the draft. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it, Calder? I think it's stupid. People to just move up to the NBA when they want. And I don't, like, no matter what age you are, you can be good at basketball. So, like, why can't you learn when you're, like, six? Actually, no, that wouldn't make that much sense. But <laughs> that would be awesome. I like <laughs> that sentiment, though, that no matter what age you are, you can be good at the game. Um, I want a six-year-old in the NBA. Mac also wondered awesome. what you thought about college athletes being paid because they're usually not paid. Well, I think they'd just be paid, like, maybe less than the – NBA players, but, like, still money because money. And, I mean, they're playing basketball, and it's hard, and they're doing it as, like, a team, and they have to travel. Mm-hmm. So, definitely, they should be paid, yes. Yeah, I mean, I was also thinking about the way that colleges and universities, they really benefit from the money that they make off of their sports teams. So, they're, like, making a lot of money off these players, but they're... 
not like the players aren't really getting much. They might be getting a scholarship. So like free education, yeah. but hmm. Okay. I tend to agree with you. Mac also wanted to know more about the dress code in the NBA, which we talked about with Byron in our last episode. Oh. I registered it. I researched it. And this is what I found out. The dress code was made in 2005 by Commissioner David Stern. Who wants to be named David Stern? <laughs> it seems like maybe his <laughs> policies were very stern as well. Yeah, that's true. And it said that players couldn't wear a bunch of stuff when they were on the bench or representing the NBA at press conferences, etc. It said no change or pendant run over your clothes, which is, okay, that can be believable. And then no sunglasses inside, which is stupid, because what if it's bright inside? Yeah, or like, what if you have a migraine? Oh, uh, yeah. Or like, well, then they probably just wouldn't, they would just stay home. Maybe not play. Mm, depends on the person. It also said no jerseys unless they were otherwise approved. So I can't wear my next jersey to a Blazers game? If I'm a Blazer, I'm so sad. <laughs> no headphones, which is stupid, 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 stupid. No baggy clothes or headgear, which is... And didn't it also say that players had to wear a suit or they had to dress in, like, business casual if they were, like, on the bench or representing the NBA? Yes, I believe so. In your research about the dress code, did you um, read about how there were, like, certain players who it seemed like maybe the dress code was kind of directed towards because they wore a lot of things on that, like, no list? Uh... I think so. I don't really remember them. One of your favorite players, actually. Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. I do remember seeing him. No, I don't. I think... Oh, the guy who got into the Hall of Fame really recently. Tim Garnett? No, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. And that other guy, the Allen dude. Uh, Allen Iverson? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely wore a lot of really baggy clothes. There was, like, this photo of him, and he looked like he was either, like, really fat, and he was, like, grabbing on to some kid to help him stand up because his clothes were so baggy. It was really funny. <laughs> um, what do you, how do you feel like the players responded when those rules were made? Did you read about well, any player responses? I did. Some of them were pissed, I think, I don't actually remember a lot of them, but some of them, um... Like, I think Brown was, like, not very pissed about it, which is kind of surprising because hmm. he often, he, he used, like, I've seen photos from before and after, and they're very different. But, and then, like, I think there some other people who were, like, not that phased by it. But then, like, most, a lot of the NBA people were, like, super pissed and said it was racist, which I didn't really understand that. Mm, I think that, that, um... That had to do with the fact that a lot of things on the no list um, were, oh, we're getting a call. Yeah. Let's see who it is. Hello? Hi. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And we're back. Sorry about that. Our friend Barb called. Um, where were we? 
Uh, well, the, we were talking about the dress code. Oh, right. We were talking about why the dress code seemed like it was a racist policy. And do you know why? Do you know why? Well, um, because a lot of things on the nose wrist were considered or associated with, like, black culture, which I'm not quite sure why they were, but I don't know. I just think that's, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know about, like, headphones, but I think definitely, like, baseball caps or, uh, like, baseball caps inside, sunglasses inside, like, giant gold chains, mm-hmm. yeah. not wearing a shirt, stuff like that. Yeah, so then making policies against it seemed like prejudice. Yeah. Um, in our previous episode, our guest Byron was talking about how it seemed like there was no dress court anymore. Like, players wear crazy things nowadays, to and from games and on the bench and stuff. Did you find in our, in our research how it has changed? Well, it hasn't really changed, but it's definitely just, like, loosened up, and they they don't enforce it. Uh-huh. It seems like fashion has just changed a lot since 2005 as well. Yeah. yeah. And players wear some pretty wild things. Like Russell Westbrooks. He has Westbrook. pretty interesting style. Yeah. Um, what's our next question? We also got a lot of questions from Matt in Oregon. Uh, here's one of them uh, that we liked. Uh, have there been any, or mom liked, and I liked. <laughs> so we liked. And Papa liked. Well, I don't really know if Papa liked it. Anyways, have there been any commitments to narrow the gender pay group between women's and men's leagues, Mama? Yeah, I looked into this one um, and was reading about the WNBA Players Union and all of their recent wins and contract negotiations. And I was reading that there was still a really big pay gap between um, men's and women's league, but it seems like it's lessening. So I was reading about how the NBA, 50% of their revenue that they generate goes to player salaries, but in the WNBA, it's only 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But in this... it got up. Well, yeah, it got up. We'll see what what the percentage is, but it seems like their salaries were just raised a lot. Like for some players, like kind of the top players, some of their maximum caps got tripled, which means they could make three times as much money as they were making before. And like there were raises for everybody from rookies all the way up to superstars. Mm -hmm. And they got all sorts of things that they probably definitely should have had before in terms of like better working conditions. Like they didn't have any paid maternity leave. So if anyone had a baby, they just had to like, drop out of basketball for a while um which was dumb yeah which was dumb Dumb. but so now they have maternity leave they have access to like nursing rooms and child care services and they don't just like coach anymore so it seems like there is an effort to make some good changes um matt had, had another question uh, here's, uh, the question is, uh, how is advertising affected basketball and what companies are dominant in basketball advertising? I'm not actually, or I'm going to answer this one. It's a little bit weird because I asked the question and I'm answering it. No problem. I mean, I don't know why we have this format, but 
I'm not <laughs> actually. Well, Matt asked the question, really. Well, yeah, but I'm reading it. Okay. Off the thing. Go ahead. I'm not actually quite sure how advertising has affected basketball. But in Portland, uh, here are the top six. Six or seven, I don't know how much they are. But here are the like the top few um pl- think play places and things and companies companies, yeah, and sponsors. Uh that are that they advertise for, like the uh ones that are advertised most in order. So here's number one is Moda Health. So that's like their stadium is Moda, it says it on their courts. You know, and here is number two is BioFreeze, which is on their jerseys and they have ads and it's, you know, it's, oh, they also have ads for motorhouse, I guess, but yeah, um, that's a pretty good, big one, good one, big one. Uh, number three is actually kind of surprising. It's the Schwab Tires. I don't know what they just advertise it. I think it's on like some the basket. It's on the baskets. Up, yeah. I don't know. It's and it's on the ads and stuff. And then next one, oh, yeah. And then it's Rip City Clothing Department. Just surprising to think that'd be the most, but they actually don't advertise it for it that much. But that's mainly just an ads. And then the next one is Red Bull. Which is just a huge... Well, not huge. It's like on the top of the hoop. Not the rims. There's no ads on the rims. It's on the top of the backboard, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other places. And then Jack in the Box, which they have man Utah. Um... That's jacking the boxes everywhere. Uh, and then Fred Meyer, which is a thing. That's a thing, yeah. So those are, like, companies that seem like they're connected with other, other sponsors of the Trailblazers, so we see them a lot. Yeah. Um, when we were watching a historic game recently, it was a 1977 mm-hmm. Blazers mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Do you remember seeing much advertising in the arena or on the players' jerseys? Because... I didn't really notice. Yeah, I don't know if there's actually any. I don't think I saw any. It's it's interesting how it's changed. Because recently, um, or sort of recently, they started selling ad space on at players' jerseys, actually. Um, I want my name on there. Which is weird. Yeah, and in the WNBA, the... The advertising on the jerseys, like the brands, are even bigger than the team names. Like, uh, it's wild. Uh, oh. So it seems like advertising has become a bigger and bigger part of Major League Basketball. Um, another question that we got was, have there been demonstrations for social justice in basketball, like with Cap- Colin Kaepernick in NFL football? We already did this one. Well, we talked a little bit about this in our last episode, um, and I think you were mentioning LeBron James and other players who had worn I Can't Breathe shirts, which um, were was kind of like a protest against I it was just LBJ. police brutality. I think other people on the team wore them too. Um, 
but it seems like they're just less controversial in the NBA because the NBA tends to support players speaking out yeah. about social justice. Um, what are some more of the questions that we got? Uh, here are some more questions. Uh, I believe these are all from Matt. He had a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, here's some, uh, how is basketball a force for good and how is it a force for evil? So I'm going to start backwards. This is a little bit weird because I read the evil one second, but we're doing that question right now. Uh, I think it's a force. Oh, wait, no, sorry, we're doing good first. I think it's a force for good because it gives something. I mean, it just gives people something to do, and it's fun to watch and play, and it's just, I don't know. And it's indoor, so you don't. Can be indoor or outdoor. Mm, yeah. You don't need to have the most. Like, for instance, like, so if I want to be like a big basketball player, I can just like buy a hoop and a ball and I'm good. But like, other sports are like super expensive. Like, I guess soccer is not that expensive. Well, but even soccer, you need protective Goals. gear for your body, like shin guards and socks and stuff. I mean, I'm talking about just, like, to play it in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Like, soccer, I guess there's, like, goals, but those are even more expensive than a hoop. Yeah, and a lot of players... And, like, if you're gonna play, like, football or hockey... Yeah. Like, bro... So much gear. Give up. <laughs> I mean, a lot of players in the NBA, they, like, talk about how they didn't even really have basketball hoops when they were kids. Like, Damian Lillard, like, learned how to shoot because he had a milk crate that his uncle or his grandpa or somebody had nailed to a tree and that's what he shot into so it seems like what you're saying is that basketball mm-hmm. is accessible and that's something that's good about yeah. it do you think it's a force for evil it's not <laughs> just straight up no it's not um i feel like i don't know i feel like there's a there's a more complicated answer to that question like if we're thinking about whether we're talking about professional basketball or just basketball in general, it's really different, right? Because basketball in the sense that it's like a huge professional sport that's, you know, managed by a big corporation and games are incredibly like wasteful in terms of like the amount of garbage that they produce and the amount of electricity they use and all of that. Like in that sense, it seems like pretty negative for like climate change way to bring out the worst in people mom i'm not trying to bring out the worst in people i just think they're bring out the worst in the nba their it's implications the NBA, your fan <laughs> you can't just say oh the nba is evil because yeah <laughs> i'm not saying that the nba is evil i mean i was also thinking with this question about a few weeks back, we studied the artist David Hammonds, who made a lot of artwork about basketball. Oh, this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you, rem- do you remember some of the things that he made? He made a basketball hoop. It has chandeliers on it. <laughs> that was awesome. It's a glass backwards, super fancy. When you shot on it, it would be gone, and it would break. Mm. <laughs> that was cool. And then another one, I think what was those poles? They were really tall basketball hoops on some kind of pole, but the poles, 
I didn't understand what they were. They were decorated with things like bottle caps and stuff. So they were like really, they almost looked like they were beaded. But they were super, 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 super tall. And then the nets were made out of beads. Out of, yeah, beads or shells and stuff. And I think that that piece was very much about like how um, how difficult it is to become like a superstar in yeah. basketball. And he made a lot of work about his feelings of anger and disappointment about the myth of becoming a basketball star, which was kind of, you know, popularized as like a viable way out of poverty for a lot of young people, like especially black yeah, men. It's just, yeah, don't get tall. If you don't get tall, you're not in the NBA. Right. So yeah, like, I think he was actually kind of short. Yeah, there's like this myth that if you work really, really, really hard, you can do anything. That's but, not true at all. I mean, you can do a lot of things if you work really sure, hard but at you it. Can't. But yeah, there are just some barriers you that can't exist. You can't if you're <laughs> Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe you can if you take some kind of meds, but right. That's an interesting comparison. I mean, I think that what I what I think was interesting about what he was saying is that those kind of myths that are sort of perpetuated, like in the sport of basketball, were really damaging to him. You can't reference Ghetto Life if you haven't seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's go with the last question. But I'm making... Our last question is, does Donald Trump like basketball? I hope not. Also, I, I don't know. I hope not. And... That wraps it up for our listener questions. Keep them coming! Next, we're inviting another member of our family on the show for a little trivia game. So, we're recording this while our special guest is making cookies in the kitchen nearby. Uh, Papa, could you introduce yourself? I'm Ryan. Nice to meet y'all. Nice to meet you too. Great. Uh, all right. Calder, take it away. These first trivia questions came from my daughter, Patty, in Connecticut. She's a big oh, women's college basketball fan. Yeah, your mom. What was the first year UConn won its first championship? Oh, man. Unicorn is the E. Wait, you, men you or women? Oh. Women. I mean, she's yeah. a fan of the women's Maybe basketball like 95. <laughs> Calder just whispered to me that he doesn't know the answer <laughs> to this one. So we'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> How about the next one? Okay. Oh, it was the first year of UConn University. Oh, oopsie. I was reading the same one. Sorry. How many players on the 2016 Olympic women's basketball team played for UConn? This is thing like four or five. I think I know the answer to this. I think it's five. Five. You're correct. Yay! You guys now have one point. One point. Okay. And here are a few from me. Who won the NBA Finals in 2007? 2007. You were not oh born. Was it the Mavericks? Mama. Um, I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess the Lakers. Both of you guys are wrong. It was the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, oh. darn it! Yeah. All right. I think I just I was thinking Texas, and I was just a little off. <laughs> That's true. You got close. <laughs> Wait, who did you get? Oh, it was Dallas. 
What team has won the second most NBA finals? I'm going to... LA would be my guess. I'm going to go with the LA Lakers, too. You guys are both right. You guys both have two points. Yes. Please stop time. <laughs> what is Shaquille O'Neal's middle name? That's easy. Rashawn. <laughs> Dale? It's Rashawn. I don't know. <laughs> Did you look? Well, you know, it's Ryan and Shane kind of messed up and combined. Okay. Huh. Okay. Cool. How many teams has Shaq played for? I don't know. I'm obsessed with Shaq. Yeah, one of these trivia questions. I think Papa might know better than Mom because she, he actually Googled this one. Three, maybe? Uh, I'm going to guess four. You guys are both wrong. It was six. Damn it. Dude moved around. Okay, here's one. Here's a hard one. How many years did Kobe Bryant play in the NBA for? I want to say either 9 or 16. <laughs> what? This is both. But let me just think about it for it's a second. Like, yeah, it's like 18. I'm going to guess 17. And he was 20. Oh, man, that's a long time. He's a long yeah, time. Yeah, a long time. I thought he got injured a little early. Can we recap the scores? Uh, Mom has three points and Papa has three. Three. Four. He has four because I guessed Dale and he guessed Rashawn. Dale. <laughs> What's your next question? Okay, what are what are the floors in NBA courts made of? Is this like a trick question? <laughs> Wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, but more correct. specifically, it's maple. What kind of... Except you got for it the Boston Celtics core, which is made of red oak. Yeah, yeah, that was right. I think I actually had it written backwards on my answers. That's Papa. not fair because I don't know. I got the question right. <laughs> you sort of got the question I'm right. I'm going to count it so Papa does get the question right. So oh, you guys both is, have five points. Er, that's Papa totally has five unfair. points now. That's totally unfair. Yes, it's true. True or false? Was Bam out of Bayo an all-star? This is very easy. Do you, do you mean this year? Yes. I mean, I definitely know he was in the contests. I'm going to say true. Yeah, it's true. And here's the most hardest, the most hardest one. In 2017, what was Draymond Green's field goal percentage? Oh, you, you are mean. Yeah, you're mean. And this is, this is the, the one, if His I get this right, I could tie. I guess it'd be like 42. <laughs> I'm going to guess 37. Whoever gets it closer. Oh, thank you. Okay. Papa, you were one off. It was 41.8. Actually, you were 0.2 off. Wow. And mom, yeah, no. So, Papa won. Papa's the winner. All right. I made a few questions for you two. Uh oh. Um, So, let's see. What year was the WNBA formed? Oh, oh God. I'm scared. Is it like 99? 1997? 1999. No, 1990... 1979. You're guessing 1979 and you're guessing... 97. Oh, you are both <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it was um, 1998. Oh, so close! <laughs> Who was Bam Adebayo named for? Bam Bam. From the Flintstones. I'm gonna go with Calder's answer. <laughs> That's unfair. Bam, okay. bam, bam, bam! All right, you're both right. 
True or false, as of 2016, NBA audiences were the second most diverse behind football of all major professional sports. It is true or false? True. True, true, true. False. It is uh, the most. The most. Yeah, it has the most diverse fan base. Wait, but that's oh. what I thought the question was. No, because it's a trick question. I was being a little tricky. I said that they were the second most diverse. <laughs> I caught you. What were the fewest points ever scored in an NBA game? That's my question. What oh. were the fewest points? 18 to 19. Really? The final score of the game was 18 to 19. 18 to 19? I think it was worse. I mean distance. 19 to 18. You're not a very original thinker. Can you tell me the game? Because that's not the answer that I found. Weird, because I Google, we Googled on the car, we were driving, and it said... And oh, that's not the answer. So, like, sometime 24 to 36. I'm trying to talk right here, buddy. Our guest is a major interrupter. It's true. We'll have Get to off. consider I, I answering off the passing them back. Okay. Um, we were Googling it in the car, and you remember what? That it was, the score was 18 to 19, so it was Pistons Warriors, and the Pistons beat the Warriors. What year was it from? I don't remember. Because I wonder if it was before the formation of the NBA and this is just the NBA games. I don't know. I read that the lowest, the fewest points scored in an NBA game was 49 points and it was the Chicago Bulls also in 1998. But maybe we have to check back in on that one too. Okay. I don't know who the ultimate winner of that is, but it seems like I guess... It was Papa. I guess did pretty well. That was Papa who won because he answered five questions. Correct. I cheated on the Shaq question. You looked? <laughs> well, I heard Calder like going over his questions. <laughs> and I, I heard his questions. I was like, I'm not going to get any of these. And I wanted to get one. <laughs> oh, I'm so stunned that we invited a cheater onto the podcast. Because I think that given that one question, I think we would have tied. All right. Pop still won. <laughs> You're biased. No, I'm not. All right. I won because I I'm think, handsome. I think that wraps up our, our trivia section. Yes. Cheater. <laughs> cheater. 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 Listen next week and we'll broadcast another interview with a longtime Trailblazers fan named Piper. 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 It'll be good. <laughs> he knows a lot and has opinions. And here is a basketball book recommendation: The Crossover, a graphic, a, a, a graphic novel by Kwame Alexander and Dwad and Yabwili. <laughs> Send us your questions and your comments at dribbleshooto2 at gmail.com and tell your friends about our podcast. And for the word we day, it is, well, this little cheater over here will be reading it. <clears throat> uh, Pally Parcel. It's an adjective meaning benign and unusually boring. <laughs> um, so the example I was given to read says the defense of that Bucks Lakers game was incredibly Pally Parcel. The Bucks were just letting them score. Bum, bum, bum.